production and distribution of City Club forums on IdeaStream Public Media are made possible by PNC and the United Black Fund of Greater Cleveland Incorporated. Good afternoon and welcome to this welcome to the City Club of Cleveland where we are devoted to conversations of consequence. I'm Kristen Baird Adams, president of the City Club Board of Directors and chief of staff for PNC's National Office of the Regional Presidents. We're here today for the annual State of Downtown address in collaboration with Downtown Cleveland Alliance. As we speak, downtowns across the country continue facing the unprecedented challenges of the last year and a half, including those stemming from the global pandemic. That certainly is the case here in Cleveland against the backdrop of an extraordinary period of transition and opportunity. In two months' time, we will have elected a new mayor. Longtime businesses in the city have deepened their commitment to downtown and plans are being forged for potentially catalytic development and investments. Cleveland's comeback story certainly continues to be written. Among downtown's top concerns are maintaining residential growth, boosting development, filling commercial office space, and of course supporting small businesses. And today's speaker plays a critical role in helping address all of them. Michael Deemer was tapped this summer to serve as president and CEO of Downtown Cleveland Alliance after founding president and CEO Joe Marinucci announced his retirement. Mr. Deemer joined the Downtown Cleveland Alliance in 2011 as executive vice president of development, a role in which he established the Business Development Center, a single point of contact and go-to resource for Downtown Cleveland Alliance's public and private partners. Prior to that, Mr. Deemer was Economic Development Policy Advisor for the Ohio Governor's Office, where he was instrumental in forming the Ohio Department of Development's strategic plan and shared implementation of its $1.8 billion biennial budget. For today's forum, Mr. Deemer will first provide some remarks on the state of downtown, followed by a conversation with our City Club CEO, Dan Malthrop. Guests, members, and friends of the City Club, Please join me in welcoming Downtown Cleveland Alliance President and CEO, Michael Deemer. Thank you, Kristen, for that very kind introduction. Uh, thanks to the City Club for the honor and privilege of being here this afternoon. I'm grateful to the audience that's gathered here. It is nice to see so many of you live in person and in 3D after seeing so many of you on Zoom screens over the last year and a half. I'd like to thank our sponsors today, uh, PNC, not just for supporting the City Club, but the continued partnership that PNC has had over the years with Downtown Cleveland Alliance in this event, specifically the state of downtown. I'd like to recognize uh, Melissa Furchell, uh, our treasurer from the Downtown Cleveland Alliance Board of Directors, who's here representing the board. Thank you, Missy, for being here today. Uh, I'd also like to recognize uh, my predecessor, Joe Miranucci, uh, our founding president and CEO, 
who's been a, a terrific mentor to me over the years and has done so much to build this organization and build so much of the momentum that we have in downtown Cleveland. Joe, I want to thank you for your service and thank you for being here today. I would re be remiss if I did not also thank the staff of Downtown Cleveland Alliance, several of whom are here today. They are modeling the next generation of leadership that is rising in our city. They have stepped up and taken on more responsibility over the last couple of months, and they are the ones really working hand in glove with me and many of you to write the next chapter in the history of the organization and the history of Downtown Cleveland. So thanks to the staff of Downtown Cleveland Alliance for being here. I'd also speaking of generational change, I'd like to congratulate Kevin Kelly and Justin Bibb on their victories uh, Tuesday evening in advancing to the next round, the general election. Uh, one of them will become the next mayor of the city of Cleveland. And regardless of the outcome, it will continue the generational change that is taking place uh, across our civic culture in Cleveland. And I look forward to working with both of them over the next couple of months and the next several years to continue to build our city. Now, it is customary and traditional on occasions like this to choose a word or a phrase to speak to the state of the subject at hand. And I don't know about all of you, but doing anything that is customary, traditional, or that smacks of getting back to things as normal feels good. So allow me to begin <laughs> by saying that the state of downtown Cleveland is resilient in the face of adversity. I'm going to... I'm gonna talk a little bit this afternoon about resilience and adversity. And in doing so, I want to reintroduce you to Downtown Cleveland Alliance. Uh, I'll speak to the pandemic challenges that are well-documented, that we're all familiar with. I'll also speak to some of the legacy challenges that we faced before the pandemic that are with us today and will, will be with us afterwards. I'll talk about our Welcome Back to Downtown campaign and our efforts over the summer to revitalize downtown through the through the pandemic. Uh, I'll talk about the state of the recovery, some of the results that we've achieved. I'll talk about our action plan to accelerate our recovery over the course of the next year, and I'll conclude with some remarks about our vision for the future of downtown Cleveland. But I'd like to begin by reintroducing you to Downtown Cleveland Alliance. Everything that you really need to know about our organization is in the three words of our name, downtown. We are the only nonprofit that serves exclusively as the voice and steward of downtown Cleveland, the largest concentration of jobs and the largest residential downtown in the state of Ohio. Our mission at its core is to attract people, jobs, and investment to the city's core. Cleveland, although we're focused on downtown, we love our city. We're passionate city builders and we are all about building a welcoming urban core that is inclusive of the entire city and region. Alliance, we take that word very seriously. An alliance, by definition, is a collaborative network of strategic partners, and we don't do our work alone as an organization. We work with property owners, business leaders, residents, philanthropy, public officials, and entrepreneurs to fulfill our mission and advance our vision. And that's exactly what we've been working on over the last 18 months. The challenges of the pandemic are familiar to all of us. You know what challenges it's posed to downtowns and cities. And I wanna ask all of you to pause for a minute and just take a second to picture what comes to mind when you think of downtown Cleveland. 
I think in your mind's eye, you think of bustling sidewalks, packed sports stadiums, live music and theater, a thriving foodie scene, busy office towers, and all these things over the last year and a half have been in jeopardy. The streets have been more quiet. Shops and restaurants have struggled with staffing and foot traffic. There's been uncertainty about the future of office work, events, a more equitable, inclusive future and what that looks like. The very density upon which downtowns thrive has been under attack. And if you step back and look at it, people across the country and around the world have been writing obituaries for cities for the last 18 months. And those are just the pandemic challenges. I mean, in Cleveland, we're a former industrial powerhouse with a proud but also sometimes problematic history. We have challenges with highly concentrated poverty, job sprawl, and the related issues of racial inequity that, that come with concentrated poverty and job sprawl. We struggle with how to best develop, attract, and retain diverse talent. And at this point, you might be wondering, why did this guy want this job? <laughs> but the answer to that is easy. Uh, I believe in the strength of this organization. I believe in the foundation that we've built in downtown Cleveland, the momentum behind the revival that was taking place in downtown prior to the pandemic, and it has really continued throughout. I believe that building the city's core better positions our community to meet the new challenges of the pandemic, as well as the legacy challenges that we've faced historically. And I've been able to draw on my own experience dealing with times of economic crisis. As was mentioned in the introduction, I previously worked uh, with Governor Ted Strickland and former Lieutenant Governor Lee Fisher through the Great Recession and really stood shoulder to shoulder with them, their cabinet, their senior staff in leading the state through the Great Recession. I then came to Downtown Cleveland Alliance to help start up our business development center and work with many of you and our board of directors to lead Downtown Cleveland out of the Great Recession and I'm able to apply those lessons and those experiences as we confront the challenges in front of us today. And that's exactly what we've been doing over the last couple of months. We recognize that at the beginning of the summer, coming out of the NFL draft, with public health restrictions being lifted, with the success of the distribution of the vaccines and the effectiveness of the vaccines, we had an opportunity to really accelerate downtown Cleveland's recovery. So we launched a Welcome Back to Downtown campaign an earned media, social media, paid media campaign that focused on the return of events, ball games, theater, all the things that make downtown what it is. We focused on the new and old shops and restaurants that were waiting to welcome workers and visitors back to downtown. We encouraged the resumption of staycations and getting out and enjoying our city center all over again. We also re-embraced our belief that everything good that happens in downtown Cleveland flows from having a clean, safe, and welcoming foundation. We invested in our clean and safe ambassadors who are on the job 7 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week, making our community safe, clean, and welcoming. They've been on the job as essential workers throughout, so we invested in them to raise their starting wages to make sure that we had a strong team in place to welcome workers and visitors back to downtown. As part of that clean, safe, and welcoming strategy, we launched a co-responder pilot project with MedWorks where we coupled ambassadors with mental health specialists to respond to calls about people who are experiencing homelessness or mental health or addiction-related crises and making sure that people are being connected with the shelter and services that they need. We amplified our advocacy voice 
getting involved in the civic discussion uh, around the mayor's uh, election in ways that we had not before. We published a voter education guide educating downtown residents about how to register to vote, when and where to vote. We published a public policy agenda as part of that guide to make sure that voters understand the issues that are important from a policy standpoint to downtown. And we published our very first mayoral questionnaire that was completed by all seven primary candidates for mayor to make sure that voters understand where the candidates stood on the issues that were important to downtown Cleveland. But we had great results as that campaign was in place throughout the summer. We saw increasing foot traffic. If you believe it or not, compared to the same week in 2020, we've had a 95% increase in foot traffic in downtown. We see office workers returning. We see businesses continuing to invest in office space, whether that's Sherwin-Williams moving forward with plans for their corporate headquarters, cross-country mortgage relocating their corporate headquarters into downtown and bringing 600 jobs with them, or Rocket Mortgage adding 600 jobs to their downtown headquarters. We see business and leisure travel picking up. We see new projects getting under construction and new projects being planned. And very importantly, from our perspective at the Alliance, the residential population continues to grow. We're the region's fastest growing neighborhood. Earlier this year, we surpassed our goal of reaching 20,000 residents in downtown. And we're now marching towards our new goal of reaching 30,000 residents by 2030. But we can't assume all of this is going to continue by itself. We can't sit back and hope that the recovery occurs. We need to do everything in our power to accelerate downtown's recovery. And so we've developed a three-part plan to really accelerate downtown's recovery over the course of the next year. Enhancing the quality of life and pedestrian experience, restoring downtown's vibrancy, and returning to offense when it comes to business attraction. And I'll elaborate on each uh, of those three elements now. Uh, enhance quality of life and the pedestrian experience for all. As I mentioned earlier, downtown's vitality begins with a clean, safe, and welcoming foundation. That's why we're going to be focusing on increasing the visibility, the mobility, and the responsiveness of our ambassadors. We're going to build on the success of our co-responder pilot project with MedWorks to make sure that downtown is a model for connecting people experiencing homelessness or crises related to mental health or addiction with shelter, services, treatment, and day-long enrichment. We're gonna restore downtown's vibrancy and make it an exciting and beloved place to be. That begins with bringing office workers back into downtown. We're doing everything within our power at Downtown Cleveland Alliance to encourage that, whether that's encouraging people to get vaccinated, whether it's working with employers to identify best practices for how to communicate with their teams to make them want to come back into the office or sometimes just evangelizing downtown's vibrancy and all that downtown has to offer and reminding folks of that. We also know that in order to be successful in restoring vibrancy and making it an exciting place, we need to make downtown a place that people love to be. We need to make it a place that inspires people to choose downtown over dull virtual experiences and two-dimensional Zoom fatigue. How are we gonna do that? We're gonna animate downtown streets, parks, and public spaces with art, activities, and energy. Third, we're gonna get back on offense and attracting businesses. We're gonna collaborate with our strategic partners to communicate to business leaders, entrepreneurs, and investors why downtown Cleveland is a great place to build and grow a business. We're gonna combine data, analysis, and design into compelling narratives that tell the real story 
of downtown Cleveland and our city and all that it has to offer. We're gonna build off pilot projects that we launched this summer. Uh, over the course of the summer, we collaborated with Team Neo in launching an office attraction marketing project that was focused on the E-Review Historic District. We launched uh, a pilot project of retail attraction that was focused on historic Euclid Avenue. We're gonna build on those strategies and expand them across downtown to work with partners to attract more businesses, more retail growth into downtown. That's how we're gonna confront the pandemic. That's really what we're gonna prioritize over the course of the next 12 months. But as I mentioned, we have bigger issues to take on as a community and downtown needs to be a participant and a partner in helping to lead the way. We're a city of great opportunity, of great growth, of great momentum in many ways, but we're also a city and region of great disparities. We've gotta to continue to confront the triple threat of concentrated poverty, job sprawl, and resulting racial inequity. We need to successfully nurture, retain, and attract diverse talent. And I believe that completing downtown's revival is a necessary condition for transforming us from a city and region of great disparities into a city of great equity. If we concentrate more jobs in the heart of the city, we're going to create more equitable access to more jobs for more people. We're gonna create greater environmental sustainability and we're going to be more successful in nurturing, developing, retaining, and attracting talent. Our vision for completing downtown's revival is really to make the city's core the inclusive 24-7 hub of a welcoming global city that weaves all of downtown's districts and surrounding neighborhoods into a truly seamless urban fabric. And what that really means is making downtown Cleveland the kind of place where people of all ages and all backgrounds want to be. We wanna make it a place that people just can't stay away from. It means building the downtown neighborhood into the model of what a 15-minute city looks like, a place where people can walk, bike, or bus to work to meet their needs within a short trip because mobility options are easy, convenient, and attractive. And the retail and recreation options are plentiful. But to accelerate fulfilling this vision, to really accelerate it, our community needs a strategy to concentrate job growth in the city. As I mentioned moments ago, it's, more, it's inherently more equitable to have jobs concentrated in the city. Transportation is the second highest expense for most people in most households. If, people can, if more people can access more jobs without a car, that's advancing equity in our city. If people can walk, bike, or take transit to work, that's building a more sustainable economy. It's also key to attracting diverse talent. As Generation Z and the millennial generation are choosing which cities they wanna work in, where they wanna build a life, these are the kinds of cities that they are looking for. And our team stands ready to work with any employer that wants to expand, relocate, or start a business in downtown. Seriously, just give us a call. <laughs> but we need partners and we need help. And we need a truly regional strategy to concentrate jobs in the city. And I think we have an historic opportunity in front of us to do just that. We have generational leadership change across our civic infrastructure. We have an absolutely historic federal investment in cities that's taking place. We have a truly, truly unparalleled opportunity to transform our city. I've long believed that Cleveland needed resources akin to the Marshall Plan. We now have an opportunity to develop a blueprint worthy of the Marshall Plan to transform our city into a model of a 15-minute hub of a truly inclusive global Cleveland 
that leads the way in weaving the entire city into a seamless, high-density, walkable, transit-oriented urban fabric. I'm excited to work with all of you, all of our strategic partners, to build a downtown into a place that feels good, that people love and want to be in and want to choose over any other experience that they could find in Northeast Ohio. I want to work with you to build a place that's diverse, inclusive, and welcoming. I think we're all up to the challenge. I think we've got the momentum, and I think we've got the leaders in this community to make it happen. I want to conclude by welcoming you all back to the City Club. Welcome back to downtown Cleveland. I look forward to collaborating with all of you to continue the work of our city and to continue the discussion this afternoon. Thank you. So if you're, uh, if you're listening on, online or on the radio and you're, you're wondering what, what's going on at the City Club today, I will uh, remind you, I'm Dan Malthrop with the City Club. You're listening to Michael Deemer. He's the new president and CEO of Downtown Cleveland Alliance, uh, delivering his first state of, the, state of Downtown Cleveland, which um, is super exciting. Not really surprising that you chose the word resilient. I'm going to say that, but it, it is apt. So congratulations. Um, Michael, you just sort of ended on this idea of the 15-minute city, which um, as, uh, as, as the CEO of the City Club, I'm pleased to hear you talk about that. We had a conversation uh, at a previous Friday forum uh, recently about the, the idea, the concept of the 15-minute city. And, I was, and as you were talking about it, I was thinking like 15 minutes, like it only takes about 15 minutes to walk from Brown Stadium to Progressive Field. And, um, and, and you can do like just about any, you, in many ways downtown already is the 15-minute neighborhood, but there's probably a few things missing. What's missing? What do you want to see if you, could, if you could wave a magic wand or work diligently over the next two years to make something happen? What's the, what's the missing thing that you would provide? Well, I, I think I, I appreciate the kind words, uh, Dan, and I appreciate the forum that the City Club previously did on the 15-minute city because I do think it's a very important uh, concept and plan for leaders in Cleveland to be looking at. And I think that downtown Cleveland is in many ways the model for what a 15-minute city and neighborhood could look like. I think we probably still have some gaps uh, in our retail. Uh, I think that you know what you need to be in order to be a true 15-minute neighborhood or a 15-minute city is to be able to walk to work, walk to meet all of your daily needs uh, and entertainment wants within a 15-minute walk. And you can do most of that uh, in, in downtown Cleveland. Uh, we probably still have some gaps in general goods. You know, we, we have drugstores and pharmacies. We have grocery stores. Uh, but you know, general merchandise, uh, we, we probably need a little bit more of that. And it's one of the reasons why uh, we're so focused on retail attraction as part of our strategy over the next uh, 12 months. Uh, to really create retail experiences that are unique and authentic. Think what you experience when you go to Heinen's or when you go to the Fifth Street Arcades. Those are truly unique Cleveland experiences that we can create up and down Euclid Avenue and in the Warehouse District uh, and ultimately all across downtown. Michael, the, um, the, what you describe is, is also connected to uh, what Dan Gilbert's organization has talked about with, the, uh, with respect to the future of Tower City. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of retail. That's a lot of space to fill. Um, and um, so I, I just, could you talk a little bit about Downtown Cleveland Alliance's involvement with that project and really like how much of that do you think can be 
grown locally, organically, so to speak, and how much would require outside, you know, the sort of chain stores that, yeah. that are sometimes anchors for those and, and occupy a larger footprint. You know, I, I appreciate you pulling Tower City into the conversation because I think when a lot of people think about downtown retail, they tend to think about the history of Euclid Avenue and they think about the history of Tower City Center. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that there's a, a, a common theme here. If you listen to uh, Bedrock's plan for Tower City Center, if you listen to how we talk about the vision for retail mm -hmm. uh, in downtown Cleveland, it all centers around experience. It's about uh, creating experience that's it's not like a strip mall. It's not like a suburban lifestyle center. It's something that is uh, that feels like a global city that's unique, authentic uh, to that place and in, in, in that environment. And it, that it's those experiences we really need to focus on. Uh, I think in terms of how much retail we have, you know, the vacancy rate in retail for downtown is about 12.7 percent, uh, and that's less vacancy than than people realize. That's a lot less vacancy than I realized. Yes, that's the, that, that's the number. Uh, so we we've we need to fill in our storefront vacancies. We need to work with uh, partners like Bedrock uh, to animate Tower City Center. I think we're not going to fill all of the wants and needs uh, overnight. Uh, I think that there's uh, there's a kind of a symbiotic relationship between the residential population and retail. Mm -hmm. At one level, the more retail we have, the more successful we're going to be in, in adding to our residential base. But I think having surpassed 20,000 residents, uh, having created a, a really complete street along Euclid Avenue between Public Square and Playhouse Square, I think we're very well positioned and we've got a great opportunity to really start building the retail base that creates a little bit more of a virtuous cycle where we've got more retail, more residents, more retail, more residents. I want to just note that when you say complete street, that's a term of art. It's not just a, it's not just a descriptor. And, and what you're referring to is a, a, a roadway that prioritizes sort of equally public transit, pedestrian mobility, uh, alongside cars. It's not like, say, like Superior Avenue where you've got, you know, six lanes across that are devoted solely to vehicular traffic. Thank you for the the, the, well, okay. the, the, the lesson in urbanism. Well, but why is that? I, a lot of people know that. A lot of people don't. Um, but why is that so important? Uh, I, I, I think that creating uh, that, that walkable, transit-oriented experience, uh, that's what makes cities thrive. I mean, if you think of any city that you love to go to, mm -hmm. uh, that you love to travel to, uh, that you wish your city could be like, you imagine places that are aligned with shops and restaurants and cafes that you can walk to, that you can bike to, that you can easily get from one end of town to the other uh, on a, a bus or train. And that's, that's exactly what we need to continue to build here in Cleveland. We've got the bones to do it. Uh, we've got the blueprint to do it. And in many ways, we're getting there. We just mm -hmm. we really need to think, double down on the strategies that have been in place and you know, continue to focus on enhancing that pedestrian experience creating more mobility options and have the supporting uh, interesting retail environment that people are looking for. You said the, the cities that we dream about, that we, that we want Cleveland to, to be like. What's, and often this, this event, the state of downtown, we've often brought in folks from other cities, Denver, Pittsburgh, other, other sort of what we think of as our peer cities or the, or the, or the ones we'd like to think of as our peer cities. <laughs> what's, the, what's, what's the city for you? I mean, besides Sandusky. <laughs> 
which I mean seriously, actually. But uh, <laughs> and, 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 and inside joke here, many, many folks know that uh, a good friend of ours, Eric Wilbser, is the city manager in, in Sandusky and uh, doing terrific work uh, over there. So Sandusky certainly on the list. But you know, I, I don't, I don't think so much in terms of this city or that city. I, I, I think about uh, the vibe and the experience of when I go to a city. Uh, if if I can go from my house to the airport to the city of destination and uh, never get in a car, I feel like I've had a great experience. Mm -hmm. If I feel like uh, I visit a city and everything I could possibly want or do during my stay there, whether it's for a vacation or a conference, it's interesting, it's lively, it's diverse, uh, and it's it feels unique to that place. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think that's the kind of environment that we're all drawn towards, uh, and that's the kind of experience we want to create here in downtown Cleveland. So more Denver, less Dallas. Your words, not mine. Well, da I mean, <laughs> Dallas, I mean, Dallas, Los Angeles, like there's, there are cities in America that are very like, car-oriented, right? And you're, you're very clearly, yeah. despite, despite like, you know, the, the ways in which Ohio has sort of built itself around and the built environment across the state is kind of built around automotive traffic. I mean, you're, you're very clearly talking about a vision of urban density that embraces all modes of mobility. Yeah, and as, as we're talking about it, I, I think a, a, a good example of a, a reach city in downtown mm -hmm. for us that we've looked to for a long time uh, is Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a, a much bigger metropolitan area, a, a more dense uh, city, but a city with a, a very similar uh, history in terms of its industrial past, uh, uh, very similar socioeconomic challenges, uh, but they've really they've done a nice job building a strong residential base, a strong jobs base, uh, and a really eclectic mix of, of retail uh, that, as you described it, is uh, very pedestrian and uh, mobility option oriented. It's really embracing density and everything that comes along with it. Michael, one of the uh, biggest challenges that a lot of downtowns have been facing has to do with unhoused populations. Yeah. And um, we've, this past summer, it, it seems as though that, that issue, combined with pandemic restrictions, combined with all sorts of things about the economy, that, yeah. um, that the, the unhoused population has, and unhoused individuals, um, it, we've seen more of them down, mm -hmm. in downtown Cleveland. And that's how it, anecdotally, it appears as somebody who, who works downtown, comes downtown most days of the week. Um, does the data bear that out as well? And, and then the follow-on to that is like, what's really the plan? Like, how, yeah. how is that work going? Yeah, no, it, it's a great question. It's an important question. Uh, I think first it's an important kind of level set and understanding of, of what's taking place. Uh, we keep very close tabs on what's going on in the, the streets of downtown Cleveland. And we actually do not see an increase in the numbers of uh, folks who are unsheltered or uh, that are spending most of their time in the streets. Uh, we are seeing an escalation in, in some of the behavior that people are, are engaging in. And I think because we've had just generally fewer people out and about, it often feels like uh, we have uh, more folks who are unsheltered uh, in the streets of downtown Cleveland. As I mentioned in my remarks, we've tried to uh, adjust how we respond uh, and make sure that our ambassador teams are working with uh, mental health specialists and kind of a, a co-responder strategy, another urbanist term of art. Um, but we, we think those co-responsive strategies of coupling uh, a, 
uh, a, a social service provider or a mental health specialist uh, with a, a more general intervention is an effective one. And we're really, we're really focused on trying to make sure that we are getting folks connected with shelter if that's what's needed, with uh, services or treatment uh, if that's what's needed. It, we've had nice success with the pilot project that we launched earlier this summer. We're going to build on that. And really what I want to see happen in downtown is that we build a model uh, that is the kind of thing that the community wants and expects with how social challenges are responded to. And that becomes a model for other parts of the city and, and even other cities uh, to utilize. And, and I think we're well on our way to doing that. The commercial vacancy uh, or the the, when I say commercial, there, there's a c commercial vacancy issue, and then there's also like the downtown worker issue, or yeah. when downtown workers will return. Yeah. Lately, it's felt anecdotally that more are returning, yeah. but I, I also know that some of the some of the banks who are here with us today haven't brought their entire workforce back yet, and it's I'll still be talking to them about that. I know they're 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 here, um, so <laughs> I'm listening, um, and. Um, and some of the law firms as well. I mean, the, the finan yeah. financial and legal are the two big drivers downtown, as yeah. well as um, as well as some other industries. Um, how's that going? Where do you? I mean, there's so much we can't control about that because yeah. it's because of COVID and and Delta and the and and various things around that and people's resistance to vaccinations and so forth. Um, but how's from your point of view? What do you what are you seeing and what are you what are you trying to make happen? Well, let me begin by saying I, I think that it, uh, we, we at the Alliance are, are big believers in place-based work culture, that the, the, the collaborative uh, innovation, mental health benefits that come from people being together uh, are very important and very real. So you know, independent of whether people are productive working remotely, and I, I think people generally are productive, productivity is a pretty low bar. I mean, I, I think most businesses aspire to uh, innovation, uh, leadership, uh, building strong culture, and, and being leaders, uh, not merely being productive. Uh, so I, I, I start from that, that foundation. I think in terms of how we're doing in, in downtown, uh, it, we're, we've seen a steady increase over the summer. Uh, there's no question that the Delta variant has uh, slowed down the return of office workers. Uh, but I, I think on any given day, and we're, we're talking very closely with uh, property owners uh, and managers across downtown, you know, on any given day, probably a little more than half of the downtown workforce is here. But that's also growing every day. Uh, and I think that what we're anticipating is uh, there's going to be greater flexibility in the future uh, when it comes to whether people work from home or in the office. But you know, I'm not anticipating a wholesale, you know, businesses are going to be completely virtual and, you know, we're going to have vacant buildings all over. Uh, cities across the country. I think it's going to be much more nuanced than that. Mm -hmm. I have to say that you know, as an organization that contributes to the to the kind of the the, the life and and the culture of downtown. I mean, we felt a, a duty to figure out a way to to reopen and to welcome people back in the doors. And I know the same is true at Playhouse Square. I know the same is true at Progressive Field and uh, and Brown Stadium. That it's like it's part of. I mean. It's part of what we are supposed to do. No, I, and I, I appreciate that so much about the City Club, and I appreciate, it's one of the things I appreciate so much about being here in person with all of you today. And we've, we've taken the same approach at Downtown Cleveland Alliance. I mean, as you can imagine, we felt, we, we felt a, a special obligation sure. to walk the walk. So, you know, our team has been in the office uh, on a staggered basis going back to last June, uh, and then in May of this year, 
uh, we began to bring everybody uh, back in uh, every day. And, you know, I think that, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, everybody was productive working remotely, but there's something different about being together and having this kind of interaction mm-hmm. that you, you just don't get in that remote environment. And I think that uh, both workers and employers are going to uh, sense that in the coming weeks and months ahead. Michael Deemer is president and CEO of the Downtown Cleveland Alliance, delivering his first State of Downtown Cleveland address. And we're going to move to the Q&A if you're ready. Ready when you are. All right. Give him a round of applause, please, ladies and gentlemen. So we're, we're moving to the Q&A now, and we welcome questions from everyone, City Club members, guests, those of you joining us via our live stream or our radio broadcast on 90.3 IdeaStream Public Media. If you have a question here in the audience, um, please raise your hand, and our staff will acknowledge you. And we're going to get these microphones um, moved out so that, we can, um, so that we can do that. I'm sure that my staff is around somewhere to do that. But anyway, the microphones are right there. Um, and uh, just wait in your seat until they acknowledge you, um, or I'll be like hustling around. Oh, there they are. They're, they're coming. Sorry about that. I think I surprised them on the timing. Um, they were out supporting downtown retail. They were supporting downtown retail, clearly. <laughs> they ran out for a quick bite at Heinen's. Um, and anyway, uh, if you would like to tweet a question, or if you're, not, if you're listening online, or if you prefer not to stand up and ask your question, um, you can tweet your question at the City Club, and our staff will work it in. Or you can text your question to 330-541-5794. That's 330-541-5794. It can be an anonymous question, and that way Joe Marinucci can get in two or three as well. I thought Joe wasn't allowed to ask questions. <laughs> um, so uh, if we're ready for our first question, let's do it. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, Erskine Bevel from Cleveland Neighborhood Progress. Uh, my question is, do you or how do you engage with adjacent communities Central, Midtown, others, so that eventually they can benefit from what's going on in in downtown Cleveland. Uh, Well, first of all, thank you for the question. Thank you for being here today. And uh, Cleveland Neighborhood Progress is one of our our terrific partners. Uh, uh, So thank you for your work there as well. Uh, And let me begin by saying that uh, if what we're doing in downtown Cleveland is not positively impacting the adjacent neighborhoods, we're doing it wrong. and if we're building downtown Cleveland in the way that we should be, uh, we're positively impacting the adjacent neighborhoods in the entire city. Uh, we work with and engage uh, neighborhoods in, in a number of ways. Uh, our clean and safe ambassadors uh, work with uh, directly uh, through contracts with a number of the neighborhoods uh, surrounding uh, downtown and really throughout uh, Cuyahoga County. We have about uh, 10 or 12 uh, contract relationships across uh, the city and the county where our clean and safe ambassadors are deploying the same type of strategy that we have in downtown of making sure that uh, a neighborhood is clean, safe, uh, and welcoming for the people who uh, live, work, and play there. Uh, I think uh, another way in which we work very closely with the, the surrounding uh, neighborhoods is in, in philosophically and, and from an advocacy standpoint you know, making sure that we're advocating for policies that are leading to greater density, greater residential density uh, throughout the city. Because as I said in my remarks, the more, the more residential density uh, we build uh, in the city, the adjoining neighborhoods and beyond, uh, that's easy access to the largest jobs hub in the state of Ohio. Uh, a, a resident of uh, Midtown or Fairfax or Huff or Glenville 
or Detroit Shoreway uh, has easier access to jobs in downtown or University Circle for that matter than they do to jobs in any, any other part of the county. Uh, so I, I really think from uh, an advocacy standpoint, from a planning standpoint, uh, and from a service standpoint, those are the, the key ways that we work with the surrounding neighborhoods. Thanks. Next question. This is a text question from someone in our audience. The Ohio State budget repeatedly has shortchanged the local government fund for our state cities, including Cleveland. How big of a barrier is this for the investment of downtown? Well, I appreciate the question. And, you know, there, there's, I think, little question that, uh, that support for the local government fund and support for cities at the, the State House uh, has waned over the years. I think that it, is, it continues to be very important uh, for cities and organizations uh, like ours uh, to be a strong advocate uh, at the State House uh, and with our Northeast Ohio uh, delegation for increased resources for cities. I will say we have a terrific uh, relationship with the, the Cuyahoga County representatives uh, in the State House, uh, and when we go to them on specific issues and projects and policies, uh, they're there, uh, but I, I think it's, uh, it's no question that uh, you know, cities have a, a smaller voice uh, in the State House, that the, the funds uh, supporting cities uh, have diminished, and that, that creates very real challenges for us. And uh, cities in downtown specifically are really the economic engines of the city, of our metropolitan areas, and it's something that we need to continue to uh, work to correct with our representatives in Columbus. Next question. Oh, here we go. Getting downtown by public transportation is easy. Getting from downtown to where most of the jobs are is almost impossible. What coordination would you like to see, or what improvements would you like to see from the RTA to enhance the ability of the population to get where the jobs are in this county? Uh, I, I appreciate the, uh, the, the question and the, um, the, 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 the thought behind the question of wanting to connect residents with jobs. Uh, I would respectfully uh, flip the, the, the question and the answer to it, where I, I think we've got the largest concentration of jobs in the state of Ohio in downtown. We actually have the fourth highest concentration of jobs just down the road in University Circle. Uh, we need to bring jobs back to the core. Uh, I think it's a, a, a wiser, more strategic investment uh, to bring jobs back to the core and when I say the core, I mean the city that is well served by public transit. Uh, I think it's a real uh, financial and logistical burden to put on our public transportation system uh, to try to connect uh, a dense city with disparate and less dense uh, job hubs. And I know there's a lot of work going into that. I know there are last mile connections uh, to figure out how to connect city residents to far flung suburban jobs. Um, but I don't think that's a real efficient use of very limited resources. Other questions? Because I got, I got a few, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, 
Ethan Harrison with Allegro Realty uh, Brokers and Advisors. Um, I thought it was interesting what you said about becoming a 15-minute city, which I think in a lot of ways we are. However, one area where I've always felt we are lacking is with green space or activity space for uh, sports and things of that nature, um, something that always uh, differentiates other cities from us. So I was just wondering your thoughts on adding green space or space to play uh, games and other activities. Yeah, no, I appreciate the question, and I, I think it's something that's not talked overtly enough about, but you know, when I think of and talk about creating experiences, uh, having uh, attractive, well-programmed uh, green space uh, is part and parcel of that. Uh, I, I think that's part of uh, the city's uh, plan and vision for uh, the lakefront. It's part of the city's plan and vision for the valley. Uh, along the riverfront, uh, and you know, great cities, great neighborhoods have great public spaces, uh, and you know, we, we've seen examples of that uh, across our, our own city, and that very much needs to be uh, an important piece of our strategy in downtown across the city of building that that 15-minute uh, concept of having easy access to recreation as well as things like retail jobs and services. So you just mentioned the waterfront, and we haven't talked about the waterfront plan that has been proposed. Yeah. And I'm sure that the Downtown Cleveland Alliance has a point of view on that. Please share. <laughs> well, I'm very, very grateful to our friends over at Greater Cleveland Partnership and Bedrock for making a, a big announcement about downtown the same week as the uh, state of downtown Cleveland. It's like, it's like we planned it. Uh, but we're very, we're very excited about it. And, uh, uh, you know, I've long felt like our, 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 river, our riverfront represents uh, every bit as much of an opportunity as the lakefront, if not more so. Uh, and we've got, we've got this terrific opportunity here to uh, really develop and connect both of our waterfronts, create that seamless fabric from north to south, running from the lake through downtown to the river and east and west. Uh, and, you know, in the past we may have said, well, gee, that that's all going to cost a lot of money, and it is, but we've got this unprecedented federal investment in cities uh, that I think we've got some great plans on the books uh, to help take advantage of. So both the, both the waterfront plan that the Haslam's have proposed and the, um, and the, and the riverfront plan that, that has been mentioned this week, those are... You... Very, very excited about both of those mm -hmm. and looking forward to working with all the partners to bring them to fruition, and again, create that seamless urban fabric across and throughout downtown that we've, we've always wanted to have. That'd be extraordinary. We have next, our next question. Hi, thank you for, for the comments. The recent women's professional tennis tournament went yeah. very well, and the city looked terrific, and there was a lot of buzz, I think, within the, the players. Now, what can be done to leverage that kind of event uh, for the good of the city? Thank you. Well, I appreciate the question. I had the opportunity to, to go watch some of the, the matches. Uh, it was a terrific uh, event for the, the city of Cleveland, a great way to activate uh, the West Bank of the Flats, and I'm, I'm pleased that there was a positive buzz uh, among the players. I mean, that's, that's the kind of, that's literally the kind of PR that money can't buy. Uh, I'm very hopeful uh, that that uh, event will uh, be something that we can, we can bring back and continue and, and build upon. I think it was very well received. Uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that that will continue and we'll be able to work with uh, the Sports Commission and other partners to bring uh, more events like that uh, to downtown. Great. Could you 
put to bed the debate that I've had with friends and I think other people have had about there's too many apartments being built downtown. Where <laughs> There's not enough people to fill them, and yet it seems like there's more apartments, more apartments being built. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can put that one to bed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I truly believe we are just scratching the surface in terms of the density, uh, residential density and job density that we, we can build uh, in downtown Cleveland. I mean, we're, we're a metropolitan area of over 2 million people, and we have only 20,000 people living downtown. Uh, we, we are really just scratching the surface of what we could be and really what we should be. Uh, and I, I think we need to continue to uh, build housing uh, because, again, from a equity standpoint, the more housing we, we add, uh, supply and demand kicks in, we're going to have uh, we're going to have more affordable housing as we add more housing, uh, and I think that uh, as we create the experiences that we've been talking about here, whether it's the green space, whether it's the pedestrian experience, whether it's the transportation options, if we do those things, we're going to be able to accelerate that residential growth. In fact, uh, before the pandemic, which seems ages ago now. Uh, we partnered with uh, uh, urban partners in Philadelphia to do a, a demand study for, for downtown. And they projected that with very conservative uh, economic projections, and given the pandemic, I'm happy they used conservative uh, projections, that we would hit 30,000 residents uh, in downtown by the end of 2030. We could accelerate that even more by uh, creating more job growth by investing more in transportation, pedestrian, and bike infrastructure. So I, that's all a long way of saying we're scratching the surface in terms of our residential population. 30,000, another 10,000 seems like a lot. Um, I know of you know, projects that are very close by next door uh, on the surface parking lot on Euclid and diagonally across the street that might bring another 1,000 or 1,200 uh, units to, um, to downtown. But where would the other 9,000 come from, do you think? Well, I thought I just put this question to rest. <laughs> I'm just you, I mean, not yet. <laughs> One more bedtime story. Uh, you're asking where, where the uh, where, where, additional yeah, housing Yeah, who's, from? who's doing the other 9,000? Well, we, we, we still have uh, a, a number of uh, surface uh, parking lots that are in need of development. Uh, and believe me, as I look at any surface lot across downtown, I see a development site. Like the one next door, right. like the Lumen, like the, uh, uh, the the parcels that are being developed for Sherwin Williams uh, headquarters. Look, there's uh, there are development sites uh, on the Sherwin Williams site. Uh, there, as I, I mentioned, there are surface lots remaining uh, in the core. We just heard Bedrock and the City of Cleveland announce a a, a big plan for the Vision for the Valley that mm -hmm. could uh, add uh, a, another few thousand units there. We have development opportunities on the lakefront. So there's lots of places where we could uh, add more housing. And uh, 10,000 may sound like a lot, but once you, once you start adding up all the development sites and uh, the number of apartments that you can add to those, it, it actually adds up pretty quickly. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. Um, seeing no other questions, I'm going to ask you a question. You probably, oh, do we have another one over here? Yeah. Oh, OK. Let's see one. I've got, I've got a question you don't want, but I'm, I'll that's, hold that's off why on. I'm, yeah. That's why I'm trying to help you. <laughs> that's why you're looking to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
So what do you anticipate will happen um, in the city of Cleveland after the NBA All-Star Game comes here in 2022? Uh, so the question is, what do I anticipate will happen after the All-Star Game? Um, well, first of all, the All-Star Game is a, a terrific, uh, another a terrific event that I think will be, will serve us uh, in, in some ways similar to the NFL Draft. I mean, the NFL Draft was a little bit of a coming out party Mm -hmm. uh, for downtown as we were just beginning to emerge uh, uh, from the, uh, the pandemic in terms of the vaccine being widely available and being able to get out and do more uh, big events. Um, I think the, the NBA All-Star Game uh, will be a little bit like that uh, at, at a, a, only at a different time. And we'll, we'll be experiencing more events like theater and live music. Uh, I think that'll be a, a great national spotlight uh, for downtown. And I think coming out of it, I think 2022 is going to be a, a big year for downtown Cleveland. I think it's going to be a, a big year for the visitor experience, concerts, ball games. Uh, I, I think a lot of the things that we saw beginning to happen in 2021 as the summer began, that's what we're going to see in all of 2022. And I think in a lot of ways, the NBA All-Star Game is going to be the, the kickoff or I guess I should say the tip-off uh, for all of that. The catalyst. The catalyst, yes. if you will. Another question here. Question from Twitter. Has DCA considered a rent subsidy program for small businesses that could diversify the types of retail for downtown residents? For example, a hardware store. <laughs> uh, I, I, I appreciate the question. And, and we're, we're very much looking at strategies uh, like that because we, we know that uh, in order to have the type of homegrown retail that creates those types of experiences uh, that people are looking for, uh, in order to create opportunities for our local entrepreneurs, we're going to need strategies like that. And again, I go back to a great example we have right here in our own backyard of uh, the Fifth Street Arcades, which is populated entirely with you know, really unique local retailers and artisans, uh, and they've been able to create uh, an economic structure there that, that works for smaller entrepreneurial retailers. Uh, and I think we need to figure out some strategies working with a lot of partners in order to do that across downtown. The, the, there is one more? No, I don't think so. No, she, she's had her hand up for a while. <laughs> um, the future, future of um, Burke Lakefront Airport. Yes. You haven't had to address that yet. And I feel like it's just kind of, you know, baptism by fire to ask you to weigh in there. <laughs> Well, it, it wouldn't be baptism, baptism by fire if it was the first question. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, 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 I look at uh, our, our lakefront development opportunities very pragmatically. We, we've, we've got a, uh, a probably 25 to 30 acre site immediately north of Brown Stadium that uh, we've been trying to develop as a community for some time. We've got uh, opportunities and a little bit of uh, development taking place in North Coast Harbor, uh, I, I'd really like us as a community to focus on getting those sites done and the connection to the lakefront done. Uh, and if we're successful there, there's a whole conversation around Burke Lakefront Airport to talk about. But we've got an opportunity right in front of us. Let's keep our eye on the prize and get it done. Michael Deemer, President and CEO of Downtown Cleveland Alliance.
want to thank all of you for joining us and uh, mention that we welcome guests at tables hosted by Falls and Company, Huntington Bank, the Downtown Cleveland Alliance, and PNC. Be sure to join us next Friday, October 1st, for our Local Heroes series. Um, that's not next Friday, by the way, that's in two Fridays. Uh, our Local Heroes series featuring Tim Tramble, President and CEO of the St. Luke's Foundation, a new President and CEO right there as well. He will share how the Foundation is working to bring the voices of residents directly into philanthropic decisions while addressing racial equity, health equity, and community transformation. Tickets are still available. You can find them online at cityclub.org, where you can also access our archives and see what else is coming up. And there's a ton of great stuff coming up, a bunch of stuff going on the, online today. That brings us to the end of our forum. Michael Diemer, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, members and friends, thank you so much for being with us today. Our forum is adjourned. Thank you. For information on upcoming speakers or for podcasts of the City Club, go to cityclub.org. Production and distribution of City Club forums on IdeaStream Public Media are made possible by PNC and the United Black Fund of Greater Cleveland Incorporated.